Welcome to season four, Fostering Change, the number one podcast in adoption and foster care. You know, each week we speak to the most amazing good humans about topics that touch each and every one of us. If you have a guest suggestion or interest in sponsoring our podcast, please visit us at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, sit back, enjoy, learn, get motivated, and let's speak to some fascinating guests. Well, you know, anybody who knows me knows that this is my favorite time of year, spring. You know, so many changes happen in spring, you know, whether it's the the budding of the flowers or my husband and I starting to plant the garden. But for us as a family, there's other things that we really take a check on. And, you know, when you do spring cleaning, and I actually read something this morning about this, is that your spring cleaning should not just be about what you clean out of your closets or your garage, but you should maybe think about your spring cleaning when it comes to your finances. Maybe think about the spring cleaning when it comes to your future, when it comes to your financing. And I'm so excited to have our next guest. This is out of the park for me, by the way, guys. You know, I normally have authors and people who have been in the system and, you know, and so, you know, and even I've had some stars on here. And so to have the two of you on here is so exciting. Megan and Lindsay, you are with Willow Legal, and you are actually a a legal company that has over 30 years experience and you do a lot of making sure that people are are set up when it comes to, you know, if someone were to pass away or setting up a, you know, children, if, you know, for their parents, explain a little to me and to our listeners and viewers exactly what you do. Well, thank you so much for having us. So we focus on estate planning for Primarily, we work with families with minor children, and what we focus on is making sure that they have a plan for not only if the parents pass away so that the kids do have somewhere to go legally documented so there's no issues there, but also in the short term, if somebody becomes incapacitated, either temporarily or disabled or permanently. Um, So an example would be, you know, the parents are out on a date or something like that. They get into a car accident the kids are home with a babysitter, we want to make sure that there's something in place for the kids to stay with somebody so that CPS doesn't ultimately get called and the kids don't end up in the system, even for a little while, so that the parents can, they have already chosen a a temporary guardian for whatever that duration is. Because the the estate plan, the will doesn't go into effect until you die. So that interim, the interim scenario is one of the things we really focus on. Okay, you totally just answered my question, by the way, because um, I had actually said to my producer earlier today, what does any of this have to do with kids in foster care? And you just gave me that aha moment. And I love those aha moments where, you know, so many times we, you know, first of all, understanding the foster care system, it's got to be there. We understand that. But there are times that kids are going into the system, as I did at the age of 12, because of the death of parents, that a lot of kids are going into the system because of the death of a parent or, and if the parent would have maybe thought about visiting, you know, Willow and setting this up to, to go. Cause that's so crazy that you're, you're, we're talking about this because my husband and I did this. We did this exact same thing when our children started to arrive and we have five. My biggest fear was something was going to happen to my husband and I, 
And our kids would go back into foster care because that's where they had come from. So we actually had set up legal documents with their aunt and uncle that if anything were to happen to us, that immediately they would be transported over to their aunt Helena and uncle Lance and CPS would not even have to be involved in that. Is that legal in every state? It is if you have the proper documentation, right? It's not an automatic. And I think what we're seeing more you know, in this modern day where folks are moving away from home, not living close to their families, you don't have family close by, right? Or, right, in the instance of your kids, they didn't have family. So naming those people that you want to take immediate custody of them is really important. If your kids are home with a babysitter and you're out on a date and you don't come home, the police are going to look for blood relatives first. They will leave your children with family but if you're a transplant and you don't have family close by, the next option is child protective services. Wow. Wow. You know, I wonder if there, there's got to be somebody out there that has the statistics of the number of kids that are in CPS that are because of that exact same thing. Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't looked up the statistics, but I'm sure... Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at 436,000 children in our foster care system and one kid every two minutes is arriving, um, it's I, I guarantee you there are lots of children that are arriving that could have gone a different path. Because I will tell you, once you go into this shattered system, it is not easy to um, to get out. And when you do get out, you always know come out with such trauma. You know, the other thing that I, I was found very interesting as I was reading your bios and looking exactly what you do is you talk about estate planning for charitable giving. So, you know, so we at Comfort Cases, we have a charity that's had 10 years and we had for the very first time just recently, a we got a letter, and it was a letter from a law firm stating that a certain person had changed her will and that she had left a quite a large sum of money to comfort cases if and when she passed it. Well, if, if we're all going to pass, but when she passed, if and when, wouldn't it be one great of like, if we ever have to, you know, <laughs> but when she passes, she's actually leaving money to our organization, which I was, first of all, I was just absolutely humbled that, you know, and it wasn't my grandma. And so it was like, you know, it was like this total stranger who just loved our work. So, so tell me a little bit about that, because I think, I think we're seeing a little bit more of that than, you know, I just saw um, yesterday as a matter of fact, I just saw yesterday, I was reading an article where um, two celebrities have made the decision to leave every penny they have to charities and not give it to their kids. You know, now, not to worry. I know my kids are watch. They watch all my podcasts. Not to worry. Daddy and Dada are not going to do that to you guys. But I am seeing more and more of that happen. Talk to me about that charitable giving through your through estates. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. And yes, I think we are seeing more people doing that for a lot of reasons, but specifically our clients that don't have children of their own, they are much more inclined to leave their assets to charity rather than to their siblings or, you know, some random friend. So that is a big thing, but also people who need to do tax planning. This is where it comes in a lot. And that's a whole other topic. But if they need to do tax planning, one way to reduce their taxable estate is to give to charity. So we can counsel our clients around that and then help them pick a charity that's important to them. And then they leave. There's different ways you can leave your assets to the charity. 
but that's, I think those are the two probably most common scenarios. So, so, you know, one of the things that I always feel is lacking within our community is truly understanding the financial importance of estate planning and your planning in general. You know, I mean, I'm 56 years old. I told my husband the other day, I'm probably going to have to work until I'm 100 with five kids. But, you know, I think so many times that, that we don't we don't give any thought to that. Yeah, I think that's really common. People don't want to think about the future, right? It's easier to take the ostrich approach, put your head in the sand and let someone else deal with it. It's a difficult topic to talk about. And so one of the things I think we've had clients that once they get over that initial hurdle and have that conversation, they feel, you know, such a relief. Okay. I've taken care of it. My family's taken care of, they know what to do in case of an emergency and, you know, in instances of charitable giving, right? How, that they've made a difference, right? And that right. their legacy is moving on, even though they're not here. Right. Yeah, and I love that. I, I always tell people all the time, your legacy is should be about what you give and not what you get. And I think that's so, so important. And this is such a, and it is, it is a hard topic. I mean, my father-in-law just recently passed away. And that was probably one of the things it was, it was hard, you know, knowing when it was coming up to that time to even have the conversation and, and, you know, I, I wish that maybe we probably would have had a conversation when, you know, years ago, um, and maybe it would have, he would have been in a different situation and, and something that, you know, my husband and I, we actually talked to our kids just recently about how important it is to prepare. And even though, yes, we don't want to talk about it, but you gotta, you gotta be, you know, realistic that, you know, each and every one of us will be passing along on. And I would want to make sure that, you know, my estate is, you know, is done with properly. Let's say, for instance, I pass on and I didn't make a will and I didn't do any estate planning. And, you know, I got five kids. And again, I'm only going by watching Law and Order and all of those, you know, shows. Lindsay, tell me what happens to all my money? That is an interesting question. Is your husband still alive or are you both gone? So, so my husband and I both gone. Okay. So if you don't have a will, then your kids are going to inherit that at some point, And it's going to depend on their age. Anybody that's under 18 or 21, it's going to be held in a trust that the court is going to set up. You're going to have to go through the court process known as probate, which is a pain. And the court is going to have to set up a trust for anybody that's a minor Anybody that's a minor also is going to need a guardian. So if you have not established that in your will, and somebody's hopefully going to petition and say, I will take these children. But if they don't, then the court will figure that out. It's up to the court. And I think you know how that could go. But, you know, it could end up being a mess. Your money, it'll be just divided equally. But, you know, some kids might get it now. Some might get it later. You may not want them to get it when they're 18 or 21 because they're not financially mature, but you don't have a choice because you didn't make a plan. So I do a lot of probates and I see this all the time where people don't have a a plan and the surviving beneficiaries, the spouse, the adult children are surprised at what the laws are. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not what he would have wanted. If, you know, had he made a will, that's not what he would have wanted. And I said, well, then he should have made a will. He should have had a plan. And unfortunately he didn't. And this is what you're stuck with. 
So for instance, let's say, for instance, I own a piece of property. My, my spouse is still alive. I die, but my spouse is not on the title or on the deed. Would that automatically have to go into probate as well? It doesn't just automatically follow or give, be given to my, my spouse? Correct. And he doesn't inherit it either. He's going to split it with the kids because he didn't have a will and he wasn't a joint owner. And that surprises a lot of people. They assume that because you're married, the spouse just gets everything. But if you have children, you split it with the children. And generally, if they're adults, the spouse gets the first 40,000 and then splits the remainder of the estate half with the kids. So it's not- Okay, so, so, you know, can you go as informal as a will saying, I just sit down, I type everything up, I sign it, I get a notary to notarize it. And would that consist for the courts to be sufficient enough? Megan? Yeah, so we were just we just wrote about this this week on our blog. You need to meet certain testamentary hurdles, right? So wills in Maryland need to be or witnessed by two people. So if you wrote it up and had it notarized, but it wasn't witnessed, then not a valid will. Wow, that's crazy. So oftentimes we get a lot of people that say, oh, well, I can do it myself. Let me just DIY it. And you know, that's great as long as you know what you're doing, right? But if you don't know, you could have done a lot of work, thought you checked that box and were good. And then your family finds out they're left with a mess to clean up. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, everybody, I'm going to tell you something. When I was getting ready to have this podcast, I was thinking to myself, okay, what am I going to really learn out of this? And I will tell you, I will tell you, I have learned so much. Number one, I've learned the fact that I'm going home and I'm going to check our will to make sure that we have checked all the boxes in the state of Maryland. And, and you know, you can go and find you know, what the laws are in your state. Number two, I'm going to sit down with my kids and I'm really going to let them understand, you know, what our wishes are and that it is in writing. So it doesn't matter. But listen, this is very interesting. And I think, you know, a lot of times on our podcast, what I really want people to do is I want them to walk away thinking, Aha, yeah, I get that. And I have that aha moment with you all. And so I actually thought, you know, my my property would automatically move to my husband. I did not know that. So that, you know, you know, I learned that. So, so listen, we are going to put your website, you know, Willow Legal on this. Everybody, you can reach out if you have any questions. If you are in the process of needing your will or get your estate planning, I highly, highly recommend this company. And by the way, they're not paying me to say this. You know, I really do believe that the the least problems you can you can cause when you are gone the better job you did while you were here and and I truly do know that I've I have a friend of mine who just lost his spouse and they they didn't have anything I mean and what he's going through he can't even get to the grieving part of his spouse being gone because he's dealing with so much of the other stuff that if they just would have taken some time met with a company like willow legal group he would be able to probably start healing so listen everyone it's another edition of fostering change we cannot thank you enough and continue to do what you do every single day and that is to be a good human take care everyone I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. 
All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.